Hey, this is Evan Marcant, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Thank you for joining me on the Love You podcast. Uh, we're doing something different. Uh, I've been thinking about this for a long time, like a really long time, uh, like two years long. Um, I used to do podcasts based on trying to make podcasts into YouTube videos, and I did that for like two years, and I realized. I wasn't enjoying making my podcast or my video, um, which again, has nothing to do with the content itself as much as the format of the content itself. Um, reading a script off of a Google document, um, doing an intro and an outro and trying to come up with something where the topic was gonna get into the YouTube algorithm, it, it just wasn't for me. And there's, there's sort of pressure, and now there's billions of dating coaches, so there's pressure to try to keep up with the Joneses. And I, and I realized that I didn't want to keep up with the Joneses. I wanted to do something that uh, had more meaning, that was more discursive, that I could have a better connection with um, my, my viewers and my listeners. And so um, I brought in a buddy of mine to kind of help me redo my, my studio. Now we could see the, the bookcases. I got a clear camera. I'm not looking at this little webcam off the top of my desktop and um, I'm actually really, really excited to do something different uh, that goes a little bit deeper than you can in an eight minute video or something like that. So there's going to be a new format. Um, we're going to tinker with the format, but there's there's a lot of ideas that I sort of want to try that uh, are, are in process. But the main thing that we're going to be doing uh, in every single podcast uh, to give you a little bit more meat is that I'm going to uh, first uh, talk about a topic, one topic that I am really, really interested. It's usually a topic that I talk about uh, on my Love You calls with my clients. Um, yeah, I'm a dating coach, and so every week I spend a lot of quality time with my clients, and there's always something to learn. And so I want to talk about some of the things that uh, we learn in Love You and spend, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes on a given topic each week. And then in addition to that, I want to take an article that I read on the internet and dissect that article. And the article is always going to be you know, dating, relationship, marriage, gender, something like that, that I find really compelling or interesting because I'm always reading about new stuff. And strangely, this mirrors what I used to do with my blog. For people who know me from the podcast, once upon a time, yours truly was the single biggest <laughs> dating blog on the entire internet. In 2000 and, I don't know, 16, I had a million people a month, 12 million people a year coming to read my blog just by Googling random things in the middle of the night. Why is my boyfriend a jerk? How can you tell if he's falling in love with you? When is it time to have sex with him? And so I answered all of those questions. So the cadence of my blog was every Monday I would answer a reader question and every Thursday I would talk about an article. And I loved doing that. Like I just loved it. Um, but blogging kind of went out of vogue and people stopped, you know, people stopped reading blogs as a, a main feature in their life and Google's algorithm changed. So I did all these things that I loved and now I'm trying to bring it back in a form that I think is gonna be more accessible and that you're gonna really enjoy uh, while you're at the gym or taking a walk with your dog or something like that. So without further ado, that's how we got here. Uh, let's talk about uh, our first topic for today. And this is a, an idea that I spend a lot of time on when I'm coaching people because it sounds a little contradictory um, and it's not everything I'm about to say, I don't think is obvious. I think there's a lot of uh, dating relationship advice that's kind of 
no-brainer advice to the point that why does anybody even have to say that? Uh, the kind of stuff that I really want to do with you guys is stuff that is different. So let's call this something that's different. And the reason I like to film this in addition to doing uh, doing uh, the audio podcast is that I do a lot of gesticulating. Um, my kids make fun of me. My wife makes fun of me. My clients make fun of me. Uh, the audio version leaves that out. But if you're watching this on, on, on YouTube, um, you're in for a treat. So when you're on a dating site, when you're on a dating app, which is sort of the main way that people are meeting these days, which is another topic of conversation for another day, um, we have an embarrassment of riches, right? There's, there's, there's so many options that it becomes really hard to focus. But as most people know, and this is the definition of dating for any man or any woman, feel free to write it down. Everybody I want to date doesn't want to date me. Everybody who wants to date me, I don't want to date. And it seems like there's no overlap in those two circles on the Venn diagram. And in fact, of course, there is an overlap. It's just sometimes hard to see because 90% of people fall into those two categories. Here's the really nice guys who I'm not attracted to who bore me. And here's these hot, emotionally unavailable, arrogant douchebags who don't give me the time of day. Right? And it seems like that's all there is. And so all I'm ever going to remind you is that there is a lane in between those two things. And we'll call it like 10% of guys. And that's where all of your happiness is going to be found. So how do we arrive at meeting those 10%? Because they're in there. They're just mixed in with the, the other 90%. So here's how we're going to do it. Uh, we do it by operating slightly different on the dating app. And then what happens after you've made contact through the dating app or the dating site. So step number one is to screen in. Most people's default is to screen out. Uh, I've quoted statistics for years. You, you could find contradictory ones, but the, the main idea is that women will swipe left on 90 to 95% of men, which is fine. Right? As I said, you only need you know, you only need one guy and we're looking for the, the, the top 10%. The problem is the top 10% we usually look for, especially on dating apps because there's no information. It's usually based on something really shallow, really shallow. We can claim, oh, I like this guy because he likes skateboarding. I like this guy because he likes cooking in one line in his profile. But dating apps don't give you that much information. So we're really doing something based on looks alone. And looks are important. I'm not saying attraction is not important. But in Love You... We're talking about you know, really a different way of dating the thing than the way you've been going at it naturally, which is basically swiping right on the top 10% of hot guys, which is, again, fine. We want to expand that a little bit, right? To give a few more, put a few more guys in. This is what we call screening in. Put a few more guys into our funnel where there's a lot of guys at the top of the funnel and very few people are going to make it through that funnel. So at the beginning, we screen in. If you're on a conventional dating site, a match.com or an OkCupid, I tell my clients, if he's cute enough, if he has something to say, right, some modicum of intelligence or self-awareness or sense of humor or uh, indicators that he wants to be in a relationship, say yes. Why do we say yes to all those guys, right? The sevens, not just the eights and the nines. We say yes to them because there's a, there's a chance. We don't know who they are. So, so it, it sounds counterintuitive. Wait, I'm going to need more. I'm going to put more guys in. Yes, because we're screening out decent guys. I'm going to count myself among them who would not be considered nines or tens. Right? And there's a lot of people that we could easily screen out because they don't meet that standard. 
So we want to give a chance to the sixes and sevens. If there's any indicator that he seems like a decent guy, swipe right, give him a chance. Great. So now we've got even more people. It's already overwhelming. That's fine. Because the next thing we're going to do is screen out. So we start by screening in and saying, all right, he's a six or a seven on paper. <laughs> all right. Now let's see how he performs in reality. And this is the key. Screening out means you actually have to do screening. Most of my clients, most women that I've, that I've gotten to know over the years, don't do much screening. Why? Because it's time consuming. It feels like a waste of time. What's the point at all? Don't you just want to meet in person, see if there's chemistry? You know, you've asked yourself those very questions. And what's the result of not screening people? The result of not screening people is, in general, you're going to go on a lot of bad blind dates. You're going to get ghosted a lot. You're going to find a lot of guys where there's no emotional buy-in whatsoever. Why? Because you're not screening. It would be like a CEO. You know, the central metaphor of love you is that you're the CEO of your love life and men are interns. So it would be like a CEO basically saying anybody from the outside could walk into their office for an interview. You don't need a resume. <laughs> You don't need to go through HR. We don't need to do any screening, multiple rounds of interviews. Just come in, meet with the CEO. If you're the CEO, you need to have some sort of screening process. So our screening process is based on effort. Right? So the love you way that we talk about used to be called 222. Right? On Match.com, that was a couple emails on the dating side, a couple emails on Gmail, a couple phone calls, then a date. We don't have to stick with that model. Right? But the paradigm itself is useful. Make a connection on the site or an app, right? and then after you make a connection, then right, see how he follows through. What is his effort? Right? Is he weird? Is he perverted? Is he lazy? Is he stupid? Does he ask any questions? These are really, really important things. Right? Why are they really important? Because they reveal what kind of man you have on your hands. So we put a whole bunch of people in at the top of the funnel to see who's going to make an effort, which intern wants the job the most, right? So if you could write texts that are a little bit longer, right? Offer opinions, offer observations, turn it into a conversation that's fun and flirty instead of, hey, hey, what's up? What's up? What you up to? Not much. How that's not a conversation. That's, that's, that's nothing. And that's just a prelude to say, hey, do you want to meet at Starbucks? And they say, sure. And now you go on a blind date with a total stranger and you think, well, at least I'm meeting really quickly to see if there's chemistry. But what you've just done is give someone who's put in no time, no energy, right? You don't know anything about this guy other than his profile picture is cute and he, he, he sent you a couple texts. And now you're going on a blind date with him. So in love you, I believe sincerely, most women would rather go on one date on a Saturday night with a woman they're interested in than to go on three blind dates with total strangers that they just passed through this process, okay? So we really want to judge guys based on their effort, right? And screen them out because if he does something wrong in texting, if when you say, hey, Brad, it's always Brad, hey, Brad, I'm around tonight at 7.30, give me a call, let's do a FaceTime, would love to hear your voice. If he puts up a big fight, I don't want to do phone calls. Let's just meet in person. What does that tell you about him? Guy doesn't really want to please you. He doesn't care that much. You're just another person, one of 
tons of people he's swiping on. Why is he swiping on lots of people? Because most people reject him. All right, so it's a high volume game for men that usually works for men, but because it's so high volume, women get the short end of the stick. If you've been burnt out on dating apps in particular, it's because it's so high volume and we're not doing any real screening. We're not having any real conversations by text. We're not insisting on doing a phone call or a FaceTime prior to meeting. And this is the Love You Way, which is why our clients do really, really well. And I was just on a call with clients last night. I've got, um, it's called Love You Masters and Elite Coaching. And uh, my, my private clients who, who, who take this the most seriously, invest the, the most time, energy, and money. And the women in there are just tearing it up. Right. I mean, it's, it's just remarkable. Women who've been so afraid of online dating, burnt down on it, relentlessly negative about the quality of men out there and how the whole process sucks. You get on this call and everybody's, you know, I ask everybody for their small win. And I've got these women, again, a lot of my clients, 50s, 60s, 70s, who have quality dates lined up with guys they're excited about, who put, in, put skin in the game, make it effort for them. Right? They're juggling men. They're trying to figure out which intern they want the best, right? It's a really empowering place to be. And it's not brain surgery. The, the, my clients are not any different than you, right? They're not necessarily younger or prettier or in better cities for dating. They're people who've taken this advice, right? And actually internalized it, used it, and see the result of what it's like when you raise your standards for what you should come to expect from men. So at the beginning, recap, we screen in to give decent guys a chance who might otherwise be filtered out because by comparison, there's always going to be someone younger, cuter, smarter, more impressive. Right? And then we screen out right, based on what kind of effort is he making in the next week after he made first contact to escalate to a Saturday night date where you could feel really comfortable because you talked to him on the phone of giving him, you know, two, three hours on a Saturday night. And if you could go out with one guy a week who goes through that process, right, in love you, you're going to find a guy to be your boyfriend, to be in love with in the next six months. Right, that, I hope you see why that's useful. And if that sounds tricky, feel free to comment below. We'll talk about it, but this is all we work on and love you. Everybody buys into the system and everybody gets great results because we need to raise the bar for what you come to expect from men. The lower you make the bar, the, the less you're going to get from men and you've already seen the result of that. Next thing I want to talk about on today's podcast is an article that I read. Uh, it was in the New York Times. Um, uh, a lot of the articles I read are in the New York Times because it's all the news that's fit to print. So we're going to find a lot of things in the times that are interesting and worth discussing. This one uh, was sent to me by one of my clients in my Love You Facebook group. Um, it was on the concept of assortative mating. Now, if you're not familiar with assortative mating, uh, it basically says that people tend to couple with those who are like them. And that shouldn't be terribly surprising. Um, I've always joked for 20 years of doing this job, most of my clients want to date themselves with a dick. Um, and without their flaws. <laughs> That's the way people usually operate. We're looking for something that is very familiar to us. Um, and sometimes that's good, sometimes that's not good. Familiar doesn't always mean compatible, but that's what we gravitate towards. You went to college, I went to college, you're a Catholic, I'm a Catholic, that kind of stuff. Um, but this really plays out in other important ways that we haven't quite calculated yet. 
Um, for example, like doctors tend to date doctors, not just because that's only who they're around, it's also what they're familiar with, it's what they're attracted to. And two doctors who have really busy schedules aren't, right, they might understand each other, but they're not always a great fit if their careers hypothetically come first. So um, I want to read this, read this, read this one paragraph because I thought it was, uh, I thought it was compelling about why assortative mating, not why it's wrong, because it's not wrong at all, um, but why it's put us in a position that I think you're familiar with. Poor uneducated men are being excluded from the marriage market because there are fewer women who want to marry them. Women have become better educated and prosperous on average, and they would rather marry someone who is their socioeconomic equal. However, there's a shortage of unmarried men with high socioeconomic status, meaning guys with money, come off the market. And so many of the women with high aspirations remain single. And that paragraph, uh, my friends, is why I have a job. Is That's just an observation. It's not a judgment on the women who want higher status men. Right? And it's not a judgment on the men who don't have college educations or make six figures. It's an observation about the state of the world. It's that it's really in flux compared to where we used to be. Uh, my mother uh, didn't go to college. My father didn't go to college. They, you know, they were born poor in Brooklyn. And um, when she was 21, she left her father's house and got married to my dad and became a housewife. And it's what you, you know, what a lot of people, not everybody, what a lot of people did in 1968. That seemed to make sense at the time. Um, we're in a much better world right now. Uh, so women have have largely eradicated the pay gap. We could get into the details about that, but have largely eradicated the pay gap. Now you don't need a man to take care of you. You have your own education, you have your own money, you have your own home, right? So then it becomes, well, what do I need a man for if it's not to take care of me financially? It's a really great question. My answer would be that you need him the same way I need my wife. You need him for love. You need him for unconditional support. You need him to be your soft place to land at it at the end of every day. You need him to be your champion who um, takes care of you when times are tough and is the first person you want to share things with when things are, when things are going great, right? He's your go-to, he's your person. That's why you have a man. But it's really hard to decouple this very ancient desire to have a man who is taller, smarter, richer, Right. The guy who could protect you, beat up the bad guys, provide for you, pick up the flight to Paris and the five-star hotel room. I can see why that's really desirable. But you don't need him for that. Right. And that itself is a call to action to realize what I'm saying to you now and what I will say to you frequently is not that there's anything wrong with a man who makes more money. Right. If you're a woman who makes $200,000, you want a guy who makes $300,000, it's perfectly fine. The math problem on that is severe because only a tiny percentage of people will make more than you. And as this article points out, a lot of the, those guys are taken. They, they come off the market because they're considered desirable. Right? Whether they're good guys is a completely different story. There's a lot of rich asshole husbands. So we're taking all of these complex ideas and trying to turn, turn it into something that you could technically use in your real life. So how do we use these ideas in real life? Recognize that people tend to be black and white thinkers. And the sort of the mating um, is, a, is a really great example of that. Um,
the idea, and then this is this is my problem for years. It's part of why I created Love You was to explain how I was looking for another East Coast intellectual liberal know-it-all like me with fancy cultural tastes and and not realizing that I was leaving out everybody else in the world. That's a blind spot that we have. All right. We, 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 we flatten it. It turns into the either or. Either he's, he's a 10 or he's a zero. Right? I, I hate to use those, those numbers, but they, but they do matter. Uh, I'm thinking of a story uh, someone was referred to me years ago. She was a very successful writer here in Hollywood. We spoke on the phone for 45 minutes. And her version of events, and this, this was sincere, her version of events was this. Um, in my world, right, millionaire, self-made millionaire, showrunners who win Emmy Awards, and we're in Hollywood, right? There's a percentage of guys who, who, who are on the same level as, as I am, and those guys tend to be workaholics or cokeheads or nerds with power, and I don't really like most of the guys who are my peers. And then the other guys are, you know, 50-year-old guys, struggling actors, living with roommates, still trying to live the dream, surfing on the weekends and smoking pot, pot and playing video games and men who failed to launch. So her version of events is, this is why she's a 40-something single woman in Hollywood. There's two kinds of guys. There's the guys like me, and then there's all these other guys and they're losers. What did she miss? She missed everybody else, right? This, this is a very, very bright woman. And she literally saw the world through this very narrow lens where she forgot everybody else in the world. She forgot the guy who, who set, who does my audio and video and set up the, 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 the camera feed for me in my office here today, who makes six figures and is, is nice and great guy and is going to make someone a great husband one day, right? She forgot that guy, right? She forgot my brother-in-law who, um, uh, it makes $200,000 working at some biotech company in user interface design for their website. Right? She forgot my cousin who is a Georgetown Law graduate who married a high school English teacher and soccer coach that she met in the Peace Corps who's really bright, really cute, really athletic, really funny, really well read. He just didn't choose a job that has high upside, but it's not like he's a child. He could take care of himself. So we tend to flatten it. Oh, I've taken care of these losers versus... Right? I need a man who can take care of me. When you're a career woman, you don't actually need that man. So this all has to do with assortative mating. So here's the good news about assortative mating. It's been really difficult for people who are baby boomers and Gen X because a lot of them are thinking the old rules, right? Men have to make more than women. That's the, that's the only way to do things. So if you're a 95th percentile woman, you have to date in the 96th percentile, right? And that is a recipe for disaster. Here's the quote, money quote. Millennials are somewhat less picky about the education level of their mates than Gen Xers. It gives rise to optimism. Millennials have better chances to find a suitable partner than Gen Xers used to have. I'm squarely Gen X, born in 1972. Gen X is 1965 to 1980. Um, I count a lot of Gen X people as my clients. All right, so. My central message of this, when we're talking about screening in at the beginning of the conversation and assortative mating at the end of the conversation, is not that you have to lower your standards or settle 
right? That's if that's what you took away from this podcast, um, I'm, I'm going to have to be more precise. The thing I really want you to take away is that success is what happens on the margins, right? Right? There's the way we've been doing it, swiping right on every cute guy, right? Accepting crumbs from from really impressive, gorgeous, busy, successful men who text you once a week and want to sleep with you but don't have time, or getting into a relationship with a guy who seems really great at the beginning and then turns out to be a not so good guy. We really want to dial into what it means to be with a good man, right? Where you could have attraction and you could have fun and you could have respect, but you respect him for how he treats you not because he necessarily has a better degree than you or more money than you or better washboard abs than you or whatever whatever it is that we tend to be attracted to and value the most. And so this is a variation on the theme that we spend a lot of time talking about in Love You Live. Love You Live is my signature course uh, where I take women from confidence to commitment in six months. Um, we have uh, a community of women who have fallen in love, gotten married, had children. Uh, the thread in the, in the in the Facebook group today, it's a private Facebook group, was about you know egg freezing. There's women in their late 30s who were talking about that, and a whole bunch of people chime in. Chime in. Um, we have these group calls that would connect and do breakout rooms, and everybody becomes friends and talks in the chat. And so really, it's really an amazing place. I'm so lucky to be uh, the person who cultivated and watch it come up with a life of its own. I love it when I find out like I. You know, three or four clients in Chicago and they text each other and they get together in person. And so there's a lot more here than maybe you might have known at first glance from watching a couple of YouTube videos or listening to a couple of really short podcasts, which is part of why I wanted to do a longer form of this today. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it's a little more windy, but um, you can't say anything really good in five minutes. You just You just can't. So I appreciate the opportunity to reinvent this podcast with you. I hope you enjoyed it. Are you the woman who has everything except a man? You can have the relationship of your dreams and you don't have to change to get it. In Love You, you will gain confidence, let go of unhealthy relationship patterns, learn to trust your judgment, understand and attract quality men, assess long-term compatibility, and create a passionate, unconditionally loving relationship with a partner who puts you first, never lets you down, and always makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Go to www.evanmarkkatz.com and click on the Apply for Coaching button to get started.